Welcome to Lacrosse and Sport, the show for the fastest game on two feet. Brought to you by Vieira Lacrosse and Sport, Central Florida's premier center for the finest lacrosse equipment, apparel, and training. Now, here are your hosts, Roger Welton and Steve Jordan. Welcome, Lax Lovers, to 2016's first edition of Lacrosse and Sport with your host, Roger Welton, and my good buddy, Steve Jordan. Well, kind of belated Happy New Year, Steve. We haven't got out here uh, too quickly, but better late than never, right, buddy? Absolutely. Happy New Year, Raj, and Happy New Year, listeners. So I'm extremely excited. Do you know why I'm excited? Uh, yeah. You're always excited. I'm always excited, so but I'm excited. I'm not quite excited. sure why. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm extra excited because here in Florida, we start lacrosse season this week. We started this week. We've already had our first practices this week. And tomorrow, my little baby girl, Scarlett Isabella, who is five years old, is going to have her first ever lacrosse practice in her entire life. She's very excited. She already has mommy's old number, 19, and she's ready to go. That's awesome. I can't wait to see some videos on that. It's going to be great. Um, her big brother, Austin, who's seven years old, has a second practice tomorrow. But um, just amazing stuff that's going here, Steve. The, the, the explosion of lacrosse at the youth level. I'm just, I look out there and I see this sea of these kids out there. And it just wasn't always like that. And I sometimes have to pinch myself where we've come as far as the growth of the sport that I love, that you love. And hold dear to our hearts here in this area where there was no lacrosse here when I moved here in 2004. Unbelievable. It's great to see that expansion. And, you know, just being a part of your community now, uh, being part owner of the Air Lacrosse and Sport store, it's been awesome to see the growth uh, from a distance. And every time I go there, which is, you know, usually once every six months, the community impact that lacrosse has had is so, it's tremendous. And it's, it's so warming. Like I remember being there last time and, you know, the parents sitting on the sideline in that pouring torrential rain. Uh, you know, one, it was unique to me because being here in Southern California, we've been in a drought for the past six years and seeing any kind of rain is fun. But it was also really awesome to see parents just like weathering, you know, standing in that torrential downpour where we had to actually call the the rest of that day because it was we were playing in in uh, in like a lake. It was kind of fun. The kids were sliding around, and you know that just went to show show me that you know, the parents are committed to see their kids, make sure that they're having a fun time, make sure that they're uh, doing the most that they can to support the sport and its growth. Yeah, these are committed people. It's incredible the commitment of these parents and these kids. They will play in anything. They will drive anywhere. They'll do whatever it takes to play the sport. And where we're at right now in this county is, you know, if we want to play competitive lacrosse, we still need to drive. There's, mm. you know, there's only the Vipers right now uh, in this county that are a vastly growing club. But, you know, we can't play ourselves every day, even though there's 250 plus kids now. I, I say I say that number and it's just it's mind boggling to me because I look at the early years when we just were scraping to throw together a U13 boys team and a U15 boys team. And here we are this year. We are on the verge of a second U7 boys team. <laughs> we just opened a second U9 boys team. We have two teams at U9, or I'm sorry, at boys U11, three teams at U13, and two teams at U15. And that doesn't even include our competitive teams, our comp teams 
at U thirteen, U eleven through U fifteen on the boys side, on the girls side. God, just three, three, four years ago, we barely had a girls program, and here I got my little girl playing in the first ever U nine division, and we have girls all the way up through U fifteen, and we're going to have two divisions of comp teams for girls this year. So it's just absolutely phenomenal. This the way people are just taking it by the horns and just spreading the sport, spreading the love. That's awesome. So tell me, Raj, I work best in percentages. All that you just threw out there was kind of confusing and maybe confusing for some listeners. What do you think the percentage of growth has been in the past year or five years? Oh boy, percentage. So, so let, let's just go the last, let's say the last, let's, say, let's just go the last two years. All right. So two years ago, my son's seven, or five years old. We are try- we're struggling to try to put together our first ever, ever boys U9 team. And my son is league age U7 at that point because he's only five. So your U9 boys division is supposed to be essentially seven and eight-year-olds and a smattering of nine-year-olds that make that late cutoff. But for the most part, to have a five-year-old in there is not typical. That's where we're at with the girls right now, and I bet you we'll have a U7 girls come next year. But we pulled off a team of 14 boys, and as you know, 13 gets you three attack, three defense, two midi lines of three, and one goalie. No other subs. One kid gets the flu, <laughs> you're in big trouble. So three of those U9 boys were league age U7. So it was Austin and two other boys. And yet it was one of the best years of lacrosse I've ever enjoyed as a coach because the scrappiness of these kids and the tenacity, and, and yes, we, we took our lumps, but the parents didn't care. The, the kids didn't care. They loved it. Now, see, now, fast forward just two years. We're at so many boys at U9, we had to open up a second team last week. So we're at 28 now. Wow. So let's look at that growth, which doubled in two years. And I think that's, that's a fair assessment of the entire club, which is just amazing for our future. But what we need to do now is to ensure that success goes beyond K through 8. It can't just stop at 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 eighth grade, and now you go on to high school, and things are all, let's say, not as organized. And we'll get into that in a little bit. Thoughts? Yeah, I think it's an an awesome assessment on where lacrosse was and is now, and you know what that looks like for me is opportunity. You know, opportunity for. Uh, the ability to create more influence in the community, uh, generally speaking. You know, lacrosse is a, a community sport. You know, it's unlike, let's say, wrestling, where it's an individual, you know, against an individual. You got to have, like you said, 12, 13 players to go out there, and you have to have 12 plus two, you know, hopefully 24 parents or, you know, people uh, in their life that are going to support that as well. So what lacrosse right. does, it literally you know, spreads out through the community and creates uh, conformity and creates uh, just, I don't know, I've always found that there's a lot more happy people around the game. I remember my mom, when we used to play, my mom and dad had no idea what lacrosse was and were pretty resentful that I decided to take on the sport. And as, you know, I grew in the sport and they started to appreciate, you know, what it was for me, they began to appreciate it as themselves and my mom still to this day just loves uh the game and and loves watching it and every time i come there coaching and uh you know influencing they 
are always very inquisitive about the the experience that I'm having. So, you know, it, it goes on and on and on. And that's what I really love about the sport is that it has a trickle down effect from, you know, the player on the field to the coach down through their family and beyond. Uh, and it creates that love and sense, sense of, of community. Yeah. My mom's from another country, right? So, I mean, lacrosse is, was pretty, was foreign to some of a lot of our parents that grew up here in the United States. But, you know, you present it to a person who wasn't born here, and she embraced it, loved it. She was like the secretary of the Clark Lacrosse Club, if you recall. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they threw us dinners, and it's just yeah, it's, it's a very, it is very community oriented. And I think there's a bond among the parents and the players in that we are different, and it's it's so mainstream where we're from now. We're we're sort of in the very larvae stages of it still, even though we're enjoying this great growth. But there's a sort of sense of uniqueness that I play lacrosse. I'm different. And that that's really neat. It's a sense of identity. And mm. it's definitely definitely permeating and percolating. Uh but but I do feel though we we still have a lot of work to do at the high school level. Yeah, well I'm I'm sure, you know, and they were the high school level seems to be the ones that were influenced later in their lives, so it's harder to uh create a movement when the person that you're trying to influence is older. Um, you know, they're kind of catching on later, but it's easier to influence them at a younger age, you know, in the U5, U7, 9. So I think that's a, a great opportunity where a lot of attention in the game and sport uh, throughout the entire nation, if not the world, is starting to really pay attention to. Because when we were growing up, we only had the ability to play when we were six, in sixth grade, which is, what, like 11 years old? So, you know, by that time, Kids were already in the sports, maybe, and to make that transition uh, at that age was much more challenging, you know, personally and uh, for a parent as well to accept that. Um, I actually wanted to to mention I just watched Crooked Arrows uh, this past week. Have you seen the movie? I've seen it three times, twice with awesome. my son. <laughs> yeah, and what I love about what we're talking about is the the sense of community that it creates. If you watch the movie, you know, and if you haven't, I highly recommend you go watch it. It's on Netflix. Um, it's a great movie to demonstrate that sense of community. You remember when you know the uh, there was a lot of a lot of I guess camera angles where you saw the fans. Unlike anything else that you watch relating to sport. I felt that there was much more now that looking back, there was much more interaction and focus on the, the, the fans and the community as well as just the game and the, and the coaches and some of the, the drama that was being created uh, by the land developer and the coach. You know, the, the, there was, again, the, I thought the producers uh, did a great job of seeing that and they obviously intuitively knew that that's what the sport was all about. You know, the native Indians, I mean, it's a, a sport where community for them is so strong and so valuable in their culture. So um, I'm really excited to be able to, to express this and be able to share this sort of insight with the audience because I think so many people might over, overlook it. Um, it's unique to this sport, uh, any sport. So, Yeah, but there's no other sport that has Native American origins, and that to me is amazing. Yeah. It's been played uh, on this continent for a thousand years. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Speaking of that movie, one of the I don't know what his title was exactly. I think he was some kind of advisor. He was in the credits. Old friend of ours, Chris Chris Wojcik of Westfield. Remember playing Uh, against him? 
Yeah, of course I do. From Westfield. Do you I don't, remember I don't, seeing him in the credits? <clears throat> I did. I didn't really pay attention to the credits too much. Yeah, he was a choreographer, I think, or he he was involved in setting up the playing scenes to make them realistic. Oh, and cool. I don't know if you know this, he's the head coach of Harvard. I do know that. He's done a phenomenal job there, but he was an All-American playing against us when he played for Westfield back in high school. But I thought that was pretty neat. I'm sitting here watching. First off, I see Chris Wojcik on, in the movie. He's there in the beginning. Was, and, and then they say, you know, whatever his title was, Chris Wojcik. I was like, that's pretty cool. Faced off That's awesome. <laughs> that's very cool. Well, it's just it's, uh, a testimonial to, you know, someone that had uh, a big impact in the sport and is now spreading that love back. So it's the law of giving and receiving. Yeah, and he was a brilliant guy, if you remember. He, he yeah. actually played for Harvard. He could have played anywhere. He played for Harvard, and he could have probably been anything he wanted to be in his life, and... and there he just committed his life to lacrosse essentially I think yeah he was he was one of those savants that never uh studied you know yeah. he was he was just naturally gifted in everything he did absolutely great player too so so as far as taking this to the next level i think we're on the precipice of doing that i think you make you make a great point that capturing hearts and minds at the U7 U9 U11 divisions is going to make a big difference but I think we can make a difference now. I think that the hearts and minds can be changed now if we just start doing things the right way. We've got the youth wing in place. For, from my perspective, it's a well-oiled machine. Steve, I have six coaches in the U9 division, including me, but six coaches. One of our biggest barriers back in the day was finding qualified coaches. People were afraid to jump in and try coaching, even though we told them time and again, hey, listen, you can learn from us more experienced guys, if you have any coaching experience in any sport, it brings in a lot of the same basic fundamentals. It's it's very easy to learn, and if you just pay a little bit of attention, don't be intimidated by it. You can be you can be a lacrosse coach. It was hard to get that across to people, but as people started to take the plunge and do it, and then going a step further and getting their U.S. lacrosse certifications, which isn't difficult to do, and it's actually a lot of fun to do, now you're seeing people coming out of the woodworks. So here I have at U9 <laughs> six coaches. I'm just floored. So that's going to give us three coaches per team. So I think that's becoming this well uh I don't want to say well, well lubricated but <laughs> like streamlined <laughs> well-oiled machine, you know, and and yes, it needs to be nurtured. Yes, it needs to be definitely supervised properly so it continues to go in the right direction but i think that's off and running i think we what we need to fix what's what's been broken for a long time is is the high school situation and so i want to get get into that a little bit i I believe you you've kind of been a little bit informed about the the high school situation here in, in in the space coast yeah a little bit i mean i think that there's uh, you know, challenges in anything. I mean, if you look at it from the perspective in which we're coming from, Raj, I mean, this is, I mean, technically, uh, for lack of better words or metaphors, of business, you know, and, uh, you know, you got six generals, you know, like coaches <laughs> yeah. that are all really their intention is the same, you know, win games, enjoy, have fun, you know, coach the best they can, do the best that they can. But everybody's going to have a different skill set, a different uh, idea of what is best for them and their team. So it's really, you know, I think the challenge is creating a a standardization, an opportunity for people to 
embrace uh, a way to make it a uh, more of a looking at it from a global perspective rather than a local perspective, rather than just their team winning. You know, it's being able to take themselves away from their you know from that I right and think of the lacrosse community sport as a team you know as one entity as one whole and growing it from there because if you have a losing team this year you know it's really the seeds that you're planting it's the the camaraderie it's the momentum that you're building to hopefully fill in with other players that have been uh, playing for longer and you'll be able to then experience a, a winning season. And I think everybody has to go through the cycle of losing and winning, you know, regardless whether you're a coach or a player, or, you know, in general, in order to appreciate the wins and the victories, right? No one knows better uh, the, the taste of defeat until you, until you lose, you know, and then you don't want to go there again. So that can become a motivating factor. I think you nailed it when you said standardization, and I think that's where we have it right at the youth. So, you know, I look at last week, before the season started, I held a, I'm president of the, of, of the youth association, and I held a, a coaches meeting. And at that coaches meeting, I handed out packets, and in that packet, it tells, basically it spells it out for all the coaches. So there's no room for interpretation. at the After the U7 division, our expectation is that the player should have XYZ skill set. At the U9 division, we are looking to build on that skill set and add this skill set and this skill set and that skill set. At U11, so on and so forth. Until you get to U15 and graduate into high school, that player leaving 8th grade should be able to do just about everything and then go into the hands of a high school coach and play at the next level. So that standardization, I believe, is what's made us very successful at the youth level. The lack of standardization is what I believe is hindering us at the high school level. And like you said... All these guys have good intentions. It's just so fragmented, and I think part of it is there's a lot of animosity out there. <laughs> there, mm. It's funny because a lot of these guys started together down in the youth wings, and then they get up in the high school ranks, and now they're competing against each other. It's a little bit more serious, and there's not the same sense of community. There's like filming each other and doing crazy stuff, mm. and and some of these some of these games get 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 pretty heated among the coaches and players and everybody. And, and I think in that climate, that, that sort of loss of the greater good, Spirit. I think the greater good uh, ha- has occurred. So let me, just, let me just highlight here. The high school tournament season, right? So we have the summer season and we have the fall season. And where we're at in Brevard County, Space Coast, is, as you well know, we have a, a few smattering of, of fairly com- decently competitive teams out there. You know, maybe like let's say four or five teams that are that are decent. But then you have eleven area teams total. The after those four or five teams, the this I don't want to say talent level, but let's say experience level drops off precipitously. It's like boom, hits a cliff. So realistically, when you look at the district. If, if there's legitimate college talent out there, where are you going to get noticed right now? The tournaments. In the tournaments. It's the only place. Right. And, and where are you going to be able to play the best possible ball? Yeah. And, you know, other areas in the tournaments. It's, exactly. You know, competition. Right. And if I were a scout, I wouldn't go to Brevard County right now because it's not on the map. It's not, you know, maybe I've heard of it, but there hasn't been a player that's come out 
that has impressed anybody to take their time uh, to go out there. But, you know, the tournaments, it's also an opportunity for them to be able to see, you know, many kids from all different areas. So it's, you know, they get more bang for their buck in time. Sure. Consolidates it. I mean, you look at the Father's Day Invitational in Palm Coast. There's over 85 teams there. You know, if you're a scout, where are you going to go? You know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that's where I think we need to be taking a look at how we can elevate the level of lacrosse at the high school level here and, and really carry the baton from, from the youth level. And I think that's, that's the big opportunity we've been missing. So I want to get into how we intend to fix that. But before that, I just want to highlight for you and get back to fragmentation in the past five years, th- these, are, this, these are all the different tournament teams that have been formed and come and gone. I believe there's just one that's still existing, but all the others have come and gone. So Hurricanes, Buzzards, Dragons, Bearcats, Warriors, Team 1, and Landsharks. The, the only one still there is Landsharks. And really, that, that team has they've, they, they've done pretty well considering the landscape here, but... The, the coach behind that is uh, the head coach of MCC, excellent, excellent lacrosse coach. His name is Eric Hall. And, uh, you know, he's, he's really, I think he's done the best he possibly could with, you know, pretty much a club program there that essentially has been players from, from one school, you know, for, from MCC, essentially, and a smattering of others, you know, from all over the county. But, but you know, MCC's down in, you know, that's in Palm Bay. It's, it's pretty south of here. That's like a good... 35 40 minute drive and really the, the the main cluster aside from mcc of of the schools where you have significant talent in the, in the space coast is really up more in this area so you have Vieira, you have rockledge you have Merritt island um and you have holy trinity you know and then you know way down there is is uh is is, is mcc and, and more power to them you know I, I i i do wish them success but i think we need another situation up here and I believe that solution is is our brainchild, the Space Coast Stingrays. It's great. Yeah, you know, I think that the timing is right. I remember, you know, when we opened up Vieira uh, Lacrosse the Sport, uh, we had talked about that possibility of creating something uh, in expanding into tournament teams and other types of ancillary business um, expansions. And here we are less than a year and a half later, and it's reality. And it's uh, just testimonial to show how quickly the, gro- the growth of the sport and how quickly it grew for us to be able to step in and create you know, a business opportunity for us and an opportunity to grow the sport and an opportunity for the kids to be able to uh, express their, you know, their game and be able to be noticed by the scouts and other players uh, and compete against other players elsewhere. Yeah, and I think I think the main driving force behind it, and I think why so many there's such a buzz about it already. I think there are two things. I think number one, because I'm president of the Vipers, it, it it's going to provide sort of this 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 natural progression, you know, from Vipers to Stingrays. That's what that's what you do. You graduate Vipers, you get to ninth grade, your tournament ball. Of course, you play for your respective schools, and you have your school pride in your school. And then when you want to come together and be coalesce with the best talent in the county no matter what school they're from there is a place for them at for the space coast stingrays and so there's the continuity of 
progression from vipers to stingrays and and carrying that on but as program coordinator i have no high school affiliation you know i'm i'm in the youth for the most part i'm absolutely capable of coaching a high school team i have coached high school athletes many times and i myself level two u.s lacrosse certified coach and of course i'm the standard is there will all the coaches need to be level two certified or better for the stingrays coaching staff but i think having a seven-year-old and a five-year-old no vested interest in really giving exceptional props to one program versus another and really just looking at everybody equally and getting giving them an equal shot i think that's going to be one huge difference maker and i think that's been one of the problems with all of these past programs is that i think other coaches have felt a little bit reluctant to send their kids over to play for some rival high school coach <laughs> you know i mean it's just it's a natural sentiment i don't blame them necessarily and then i think the other big thing is boys and girls behind under one banner which is which is pretty neat because you don't see that anywhere in the state of florida oh that's cool i mean i think that's awesome just to be able to have you know that dichotomy there um it again creates a better and more influential opportunity for the game and for this you know the sport in the community I mean that's super cool. I actually don't know if I've ever experienced that or heard about that. I, I I can't think of one instance. And I think of like I look down in Vero Beach. They got this, they got this girls club. They're they're notorious. They're amazing. They put out phenomenal talent. They're called Stick Benders. And mm-hmm. you know, I mean, these are this is one of the best tournament teams in the entire country, let alone state of Florida. There's legitimate Division One talent down there. And on the boys side, they have Mavericks. Right, and they're completely unaffiliated. They, they, I don't know if they even talk to each other. You know, <laughs> there's no animosity, but there's just no relationship. You know, you got Mavericks, you got Stickbenders. But here, what, 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 I, what, what we're looking to do, and and we have some great partners on the girls' side. Uh, Rob Thomas, who uh, helped to coach the original girls' tournament team effort, the Boom, before we came up with the Stingrays uh, concept, and has been coaching lacrosse from the early days when we first started the Vipers, was a Vipers coach and has been very involved in the, you know, from, from the grassroots here to build lacrosse. He's going to, he's going to be heading up our girls effort and, you know, just a lot of people behind it that don't have an agenda other than the County, right? Not just one school. Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, I think that uh, we're in the right place and Stingrays is going to be a great, a great testimonial this year to be able to see its growth. And I think the community is recognizing it. You know, the turnout is going to be awesome. Um, if I'm not mistaken, there's probably going to have to be cuts, right? I mean, you're not going to be able to, there's, there's yeah. going to be an excess amount of players that we're going to have to, they're going to have, I mean, it's a tryout, right? So we're only yeah. taking the best of the best. Well, we, we've had our first tryouts and mm-hmm. right now on the boys side, we're at 17. And okay. for the girl side, I, I don't want to, I don't want to comment uh, and, and say any wrong figures. So I'd, I'd reserve that comment for for Rob Thomas, our head coach there. But on the boys side, we have seventeen, and and ideally, you don't want to carry a roster of more than twenty one. So if we had mm. seventeen, and, and by the way, that's seventeen boys showing up that are in the middle of lacrosse craziness because they started practice two weeks ago, so they're getting prepared mm. for the season. They are. They have school to deal with, all kinds of distractions, and yet the presence of mind and fortitude to show up to that first tryout. Now, we're not requiring them to show up to all three tryouts. We are encouraging it. 
because I'm keeping a file on each player, and what I want to see is progression in the skill sets. Because if I do have to make cuts, you know, if I see if I see a player who maybe was mediocre to slightly above average on the first tryout, but I see that second and third tryout, those skill sets, his scores have increased, I'm going to be very partial to that player because that player is showing a fortitude to want to improve and an ability to improve. All right, so there's two things at play there. Not everybody that wants to improve can improve, right? Let's face it. Mm. But that's showing me that there's a fortitude, there's a work ethic, and that, and not just that, but the work ethic ha- also comes with some natural ability to get better. And, mm. and so that those are the kind of players I'm looking for. So yeah, I mean, if we're at 17 already and we have an, our next tryout next weekend, you know, Lord knows how many players we're going to have now. If we have enough players, we'd be looking to open up a second team. So we would have like an, a Stingrays Elite and a Stingrays Select. The Select would be more of our B-level team. And that's a possibility. So, you know, all is not lost if we have 35, 38 guys come out or gals come out. And, you know, you only have room for a roster of, you know, let's say 17 to 21 kids. Well, that's okay. Because now we can open up that select team and they'll still have a place to play. And they can develop That's there awesome. and their goal is to be on the elite team. That's awesome. It just creates a progression sure. you know, that will influence and, and create more uh, enthusiasm for the kids playing to want to go to that and to be a part of that select team. And I think it also says something, you know, if I were a scout you know, looking at a kid from a select team has a perceived value that is going to initially create a, uh, a, a wow factor, you know, where I'm going to want to look at that kid or those kids uh, a little bit closer than I might just being in a, on a general uh, tournament team. Absolutely. And the, 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 the cool thing is that just because you don't quite make that elite team, you're on the select team. It's, you're not just going to get thrown to the wolves because they are a, there are every tournament allows for a and B level teams. So there's high school Mm -hmm. a and high school B. So, you know, you're still going to go out there and compete at a high level. You're going to have a really good time. And your goal is to work towards making that elite team at some point. So that's, that's, that's really the, the progression we're looking for. And uh, it's exciting. You know, I, (laughs) I don't know if it's this particular group that's maybe special or maybe I'm just so used to youth and, and their lack of attention spans, but good Lord, I had such a good time coaching those high school boys out there the other day uh, when we had our first tryout. You know, they're, they're just so on point, uh, many of them exceptional players, right? some, some re- really good talent here, very proficient, hard shots, accurate shots, righty-lefty, great footwork, good speed. Everybody's tall, Steve. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't no. think there's one kid my height or shorter. I mean, they're all like five ten, five eleven, and taller. And yeah. Several over six foot. <laughs> not, yeah, it's, not it's, one was over tenth grade or eleventh grade. It's great. I know it's pretty remarkable to see the size of the kids today. You look at a a twelve year old today, and they look like a seventeen year old when we were growing up. <laughs> I know. So it's. Uh, you know, I think uh, that's a that's a whole other discussion. But uh, I, I do think that you know the talent pool is much more competitive. I think that sports in general is more competitive than it ever has been. And I'll go back to saying, you know, athletes today are not born; they're made. 
Um, you know, I think you can be born into uh, with gifted genetics and have an opportunity to be a great athlete. But if you're not preparing, if you're not practicing, if you're not uh, training, if you're not eating right, if you're not sleeping right, if you're not balanced, you are not going to be able to compete at a high level, at a level where so those kids that are doing all the aforementioned are going to, you know, you're not going to be able to play and compete with them. So I think it's important for anybody listening, uh, whether you're a parent or a kid, you know, to recognize your, you know, your natural talents, but don't take them for granted. Don't think that just because you're, you know, the top dog in your area that you're going to be the top dog when you go to a tournament or you're on a tournament team or that a scout is going to look at you or you're going to go to college and play because you'll be hit with a, a rude awakening that you know others are going to be as good if not better than you are. And that could be detrimental to your growth and or uh, stunt your growth You know, because I think a lot of people, they get in that position when you're the best and you've always been the best and then you have – when you're not always the best anymore, you don't necessarily know how to handle that. So I think training and preparing allows you to be more prepared to anticipate that. So it's not too late, ladies and gentlemen. If you have a, a either a little player or a big player, a little player would be, of course, K through 8 age and a candidate for the Vipers, it's not too late. We've only had a couple of practices Go to VieraLacrosseClub.com and put in the inquiry to see if there are spots available for any respective divisions, girls and boys. want to just mention the U9 boys is still open. Now that we opened that second team, we want to pad them with some numbers. So certainly if you've got a 7 or 8-year-old out there, that registration is absolutely wide open. As far as Space Coast Stingrays, we are still conducting tryouts. Our next tryout is next weekend. If you go to VieraLacrosseInSport.com, Take your cursor, hover over lacrosse information. In the menus, you will see Space Coast Stingrays Elite Lacrosse. And you can go ahead and register for free to try out. We don't charge you to try out. If you make the team, there will be registration fees. But to come out, try out, and show us your stuff, there's absolutely no fee for that. So come out, have some fun, and be part of the future of high school lacrosse here in Brevard County. Steve, any last thoughts, buddy? No, that's it. I'm just happy to be uh, where we're at in the growth. I'm happy to be someone who's helping to influence that, and I'm grateful for everybody who's listening and uh, for the opportunities that they're helping to support us to create in the growth of the sport throughout the world community. So thanks. I appreciate your time. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. Let's embrace this season, have a great time, and we will be back to you soon with another episode. Lax on, baby.